It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Welcome to the Untold Story Podcast, everybody. I'm Martha McCallum. Great to have you with us this week again. I'm really happy today to have Nate Foy with us, one of our best reporters for a reporter's notebook, which is basically an inside story look at who Nate is and also what he's working on right now. So hi, Nate. Hey, Martha. Thank you very much for having me. It's great to have you here. You know, I want to talk to you about the Trump case that you're covering in New York City this week, but I always like to start these inside, behind-the-scenes stories, the untold story, as we call it, talking a little bit about you. So for viewers who love watching you on TV, give them just a little sense of where you're from, you know, what kind of family you grew up in, uh, where you went to college, how you got into this business. Just give us a little inside look. Okay, so uh, I'm one of four boys. I grew up in Westboro, Massachusetts, which is about 45 minutes west of Boston. And I always wanted to be a broadcaster. Originally, the goal was sports broadcasting, and I used to watch Sports Center over and over and over every morning. And by the third time, <laughs> and a around, Patriots I'd, fan, I'd be I'm sure. The show. Patriots, yep, Red Sox, all Boston teams. It's, I've had a charmed existence as a sports <laughs> fan growing up. But, yeah, you have. Uh, I went to the University of Miami, loved it there, got involved with student TV, started my career. Uh, At the time, there were only 211 TV markets, and I'm not sure I've ever met anyone from a smaller market than me. I started in market 206, St. Joseph, Missouri. Uh, I was still doing sports at that point. I was the sports director at the ABC affiliate there. Did that for a year, and then got a job in Fort Myers at the ABC affiliate, also doing sports. And then after about a year and three months of doing sports in Fort Myers, I switched to news for the NBC affiliate owned by the same company in Fort Myers and pretty quickly got promoted to the news anchor there and did that for about five years and and then somehow convinced the executives at Fox to give me a chance and I've now been at Fox News for I think a little bit over a year and a half and it's been an absolute dream come true largely because of the people that I work with like you and uh, I, I just could not be more grateful for the opportunity that I now have. Well, you you do a fantastic job. You know, everyone thinks that working in TV is, you know, or that there must be some glamorous element to it. And I guess there are, you know, occasionally there are certainly those moments that feel that way. Um, but a lot of the time it's just hard, hard work and very long hours behind the scenes. I'm, I'm curious how many people worked at that first station that you worked at. Give people a sense of your, your humble beginnings. And probably you, you had to do every single thing on your live shots and on your segments from A to Z. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a a two-person sports department, and we had our our sports segment in the newscast. We actually had a 10 o'clock show, which is rare. Normally, it's at 11, but the high school football games would begin at 7 o'clock, and we would go out and shoot as many games as we possibly could. And then we had a couple interns who were in college, and they would help us cut video and shoot some games as well. 
And as the sports director, I was the one anchoring the football show, which was a half an hour immediately after our 10 o'clock newscast. So at 10.30 until 11, we had a half-hour show for games that started at 7 o'clock with a two-person sports team. So there, there was a real quick turnover, and almost all of the games I had to delegate to some of these interns. I had never seen the highlights until I was live on television, and some of these kids would, would hold, say, someone scored a touchdown. They would hold the celebration for, like, literally 40 seconds, and I would be live on TV just waiting for the next play for 40 seconds. <laughs> and I swear it was some of the worst television that you've ever seen, but it, it was it, it was so useful and valuable yeah. for me to learn how to be uncomfortable and and to you know you hope that you can put together a better product now but but just going through that sort of you know mild emotional turmoil in that moment really prepares you for some of the unforeseen things that are bound to happen in live television that's such a great point because i think all of us when you're learning this you, you know you learn from mistakes you learn from things kind of blowing up and going wrong and from having to understand every element from cutting video um to you know doing audio tracks and and putting together pictures and shooting, going into the field, everything uh, in order to to get good at this. You really have to understand all aspects, which you are so great at doing. The Untold Story continues right after this. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, stay on top of the latest news and information from Fox News. Listen and download the Fox News Hourly Update on your time. The trending stories you need anytime you want it. Listen and download now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. And this week, let's jump to the present. You're covering this very interesting first of several likely trials for the former president, Donald Trump. And this one is is based on the valuations that he and his team at his real estate company put on the, the properties that they had. And New York State has said that he has been fraudulent in his assessment of these properties. His team is pushing back. Give us a sense what it's like watching him because he's been very, very animated and angry about this case, Nate. It's been so interesting because, you know, as typically is the case with former President Trump, he's he's very vocal and day one of the trial and he spoke four separate times to the media day two and he's already spoken three times so we'll, we'll probably get a fourth when uh, the you know action for today wraps up at 4 30 uh, he, he's very upset with not only the judge in this case justice arthur angeron but also letitia james new york's attorney general he's calling her corrupt he called her racist he thinks the entire case should be thrown out uh, this is a no jury case, which is something that he also takes exception with. So, you know, Justice Angeron will have full discretion uh, in punishing former President Trump. And it, it's it's been a lot of financial details for the first couple days. The first witness that the state has called is President Trump's former accountant, this guy by the name of Donald Bender. And there is a possible issue that we're following regarding the statute of limitations. There was an appellate court ruling back in June and Former President Trump believes that about 80% of this case should be thrown out. And and the key point here is that the state so far uh, has been focusing on financial statements and transactions from 2011. 
and the judge is allowing that so long as they can connect it to alleged crimes that happened after 2014 in mm-hmm. most cases and 2016 in other cases. So that that's on the state to do that. Former President Trump thinks that you know a large portion of this case should be thrown out. That's something that we're we're hoping to learn today in the afternoon session uh, of day two because now uh, Bender is focusing on more recent financial statements. So hopefully we'll, we'll get a little bit more insight on what happened there. Yeah, it's interesting. This Judge Engeron, who you mentioned at one point prior to the trial, he said, you know, he called the former president just a bad man. Uh, and the attorney general, Ashisha James, we have her on video saying that she's going to get him uh, before she got her post as attorney general. So she was trying to rally people to vote for her uh, by saying that she would promise that she would get Trump. So obviously there's a lot of animus in this case um, on both sides at this point. Any insight into why there wasn't a jury? There's been some back and forth because the former president said, you know, it's not fair that he doesn't have a jury. And then there was suggestion that his he and his team didn't want a jury going into this New York venue. Yeah, that's one of the things that we're trying to independently confirm because former President Trump's team overnight put out a statement saying that they didn't have the option uh, at all for a jury trial and, and that the state made it as such. And and you mentioned there's been some conflicting reporting on whether or not that's that's actually accurate. So uh, we're trying to get to the bottom of that. But, but former President Trump certainly has been very vocal in, in what he thinks about the judge in this case. He's called him deranged and... And, of course, the judge previously ruled last week ahead of the trial that Trump is liable for fraud in, in his business dealings and in overvaluing uh, his properties. So that was something that that even before this trial started, former President Trump was very upset about. And then Letitia James, you mentioned, uh, literally campaigning on going after Trump. And Trump's legal team says that that's exactly what we're seeing play out this week. So one of the things that the former president has had to endure is watching Michael Cohen, his uh, former business, close business associate, who is testifying on video in this trial that he and Alan Weisselberg, both of whom have uh, been convicted on different offenses here, um, related to the Trump organization, that the former president told them, you know, you need to inflate my values here and explaining to them what they needed to do because he wanted to be ranked higher on the Forbes list. Um, and according to the reports, there's no video. There's video at the beginning of the trial, and then, then it goes away. So um, that, that he was kind of shaking his head, that he's angry at Cohn. And obviously for the Trump side, they're going to argue that this is a non-credible witness, right, Nate? Absolutely, yeah. And, and of course, Cohen is, is at the center of multiple cases involving former President Trump. Uh, the hush money case with Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg as well. And, and Alina Haba, Trump's attorney, pretty much said exactly what you mentioned, that this is not a credible witness and, and, and that he shouldn't be believed. He's a proven liar. And regarding the valuation of his properties, we heard from Chris Kyes, Trump's attorney, Trump's other attorney, uh, that essentially value is what someone is willing to pay. Mm -hmm. And the Trump argument is that the Trump brand is valuable and and that value is somewhat subjective. And um, that is is part of their reasoning for why there is a discrepancy in in the valuation of of Trump's properties. But none of these banks or insurers have 
launch this complaint. They're not the ones bringing this case saying, oh, he lied to us and that forced us to give him better terms than he deserved, right? That's correct. And and that's one of the, the main points that former President Trump's team is making and repeatedly saying that this is a witch hunt is that there was no default. There, there were no late payments. Essentially, there's no victim here. So why is this case being brought at all? And you know, the the Trump side of things is obviously that this is related to politics. He, again, has a wide lead in the Republican race for president. Uh, they, they believe that the timing is related to that, whereas Attorney General Letitia James side is more so saying that nobody is above the law, no matter how much money you think you have. Uh, we will come after you if, if you break the law. So. We'll see. Again, this is a no jury trial, and it's really up to Justice Engeron, but we'll see which side he picks as the evidence and testimony plays out. Uh, last question for you, Nate. The former president, it's our understanding, he wants to testify here, right? That's correct. Yeah. He, and he's on the list uh, of the state's possible witnesses, uh, as are his two adult sons, Eric and Don Jr. as well. It's not totally you know, sure that, that it's going to happen. But uh, in the list that was submitted of possible witnesses, he as well as his adult sons are, are listed right at the bottom of it. Fascinating. All right, Nate, thank you so much. Nate Foy from Western Massachusetts, one of four boys, uh, went to the University of Miami, started out at the, one of the smallest markets in America, now a big star reporter covering the former president Donald Trump's trial for us in New York City. Nate, always great to see you. Thank you so much for being here. You are too kind, Martha. Thank you very much for having me. You've been listening to The Untold Story with Martha McCallum. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Make sure to rate and review. For more podcasts, go to foxnewspodcast.com. Listen ad-free with the Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. The Will Cain Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Cain as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts.